0: This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. At the Heartland Institute's 15th International Conference on Climate Change, U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado gave a keynote address. She spoke about the concessions a group of 20 conservatives, including her, got from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy before they would put him in that post. She also talked about how she fights for sensible policy from her perch on the House Resources Committee and the other freedom-oriented policy she fights for in the House of Representatives. Have a listen. Well, hello everyone. I'm going to use a handheld mic because I am not full grown. Uh, They offered me a step stool back here, but I saw the handheld and said, let's just just do this. Um, I I do wanna start off, it was very wonderful to hear Senator Ron Johnson and then even a lot of the questions that were asked in the audience. And I do want to say, I agree with the gentleman who said we need to stop saying climate change isn't real. Climate change is absolutely real. It happens four times every year. And we're not surprised by it. In Colorado, sometimes it happens four times in a day. But we are battling radical leftists right now. And I'm so glad that the Senator highlighted that to each and every one of you. You know what we are up against, but you have the truth. You have the tools to combat the lies. The light, the revelation that you have, it shines in the darkness and it exposes everything that is being hidden, that is deceiving Americans, and that is ultimately destroying our lives and our children's future. Just like the senator, I too am here because of freedom. I cherish freedom. I cherish it because of our country. Is that a picture of me smoking a cigar? (laughs) What is this? (laughs) That's adorable. I was trying to be really inspiring here. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, Um, my aunt and uncle are in the audience. Please close your eyes and your ears. (laughs) Your precious niece was behaving. I had a soda water. (laughs) But we are here to expose the radical left. We are here because of freedom. I don't love freedom simply because of my country, simply because of the Constitution, but foundationally, I love freedom because Jesus was sent to set me free. There's a deep-rooted passion for liberty, and that's what America was birthed from. That's why we have the Constitution. We had founding fathers that were inspired by faith. They were bold because the truth lived on the inside of them and they were not ashamed to speak that truth. In fact, even when when going through the Declaration of Independence and how those articles were drafted, you can see faith and scripture all throughout that process. Our founding fathers, They declared independence before they were free. Scripture says to declare a thing and it shall be established. And then if you go to Habakkuk 2, it says, write out the vision and make it plain. And that's what they did. They wrote out their declaration. And then in the New Testament, it talks about calling things that be not as though they were, and that when you ask for something when you pray for something believe that you receive it well what did our founding fathers do they celebrated their freedom before they even went into battle they celebrated that independence as though it already belonged to them but then they knew that the work was theirs to do the battle was the lord's but the work was theirs to do So that's when they swore to one another their sacred honor and their lives and went out and obtained the thing that they believed in so greatly. That is why we are here, because we have that spirit of freedom on the inside of us. And there are so many people who want to take that away. Now, I enjoy Senator Ron Johnson's presence here, but also in Washington, DC. He's one of the senators that we welcome into our House Freedom Caucus gatherings. We welcome him at the Conservative Partnership Institute because we know that he has a foundation of truth and that he is here for the right reasons, not to just be another politician. In fact, I think that he would agree with me that we're here because we can't stand politicians. People say one thing on a campaign trail. They make promises, and then they get to where we send them, and they govern a completely different way. They overregulate, they overtax, they overspend, they make excuses, they appease the left in their radical extremism, because the narrative that the left has created, well, like you said, they'll get beat over the head with a club if they go against it. And so they make excuses, and they want to sit back idly by, and just get re-elected. In the first week of the 118th Congress this year, my friends and I proved that we aren't just looking towards the next re-election. We have heard from you, we have heard from our constituents, that Congress is broken. We've heard from the senator today, That there is profound dysfunction in Congress. And there are so many things that we can do right there in the simple rules package to address that. We don't have to pass legislation through the House, through the Senate, have the president sign it. No, it's our House. We are a self governing majority rule body. And so we demanded that changes be made to the way we operate each and every day in Congress. And it took a few days to get it right, but I think it was worth it. Now, some of the concessions that we were able to get through this speaker battle are already working today. We are already debating amendments on the House floor, something that hasn't happened in about 10 years. Every member of Congress can offer an amendment that is germane to a piece of legislation on the House floor and debate that amendment and get a vote on it. This has empowered each and every individual member of Congress. Instead of having consolidated power in just a select few, In the House. We were able to get single subject legislation. We have 47 state legislatures that have single subject legislation. I think we need to do it at a federal level too. It's amazing that the amendments have to be germane to that single subject. There were so many bills that I voted against in the last Congress simply because it was a con. It was titled one way, but then it was loaded with a bunch of garbage that had nothing to do with the subject of the bill. Take the infrastructure bill that you heard some of today. $1.2 trillion, and only 9% of that $1.2 trillion went towards anything infrastructure related. It's a complete con, but that's what the left does with everything. They title it something amazing. How could you ever vote against this, hoping that you will never actually open it up and see what's inside. They have the 30 by 30 program, the 30 by 30 initiative. They want to retitle this, or maybe they have retitled it, America the Beautiful. Well, doesn't that sound great? Who would ever vote against or be against or advocate against the America the Beautiful initiative? I do think the theme is kind of fitting because it is very telling of what they want to do. We know that they want 30% of our lands and waters by the year 2030. They're actually increasing it. They they want 50% of the land and water by 2050. And of course, they're going to want even more than that. So America the Beautiful is pretty fitting because they do want all of your land and water from sea to shining sea. But also in these concessions, we were able to get 72 hour, 72 hours to actually read a bill. Now, we had a 72-hour re- rule before, but it was something that was abused because 72 hours meant if you introduce a piece of legislation at 11.59 p.m., and then two days later at 12.01 a.m., well, hey, that's your 72 hours right there. We could go ahead and vote on this bill. No, members of Congress need to have time to read and understand what we were actually voted on. Instead of being handed multi-thousand page bills that spend trillions of dollars and you have to pass it to find out what's in it. Will we put a stop to that? We also demanded regular order. Legislation has to go through committees of jurisdiction so we can have a debate, amendments, markup, and then go to the House floor for a vote. Often Nancy Pelosi would bypass committees of jurisdiction so the members who were supposed to be experts on these topics had no say in them in committee. Now, I served on the budget committee. You could ask my husband, I'm not an expert on budget. Actually, when I went home and told him I was appointed to the budget committee, he said, oh dear Lord, what have they done? (laughs) But we had two budget reconciliations where we had jurisdiction over them. And Nancy Pelosi would bypass the Budget Committee and send the legislation straight to the House floor for a vote. So we demanded that we actually follow out this process. We want 12 individual appropriations bills where we will be able to address inflation, government spending, and defund every woke program that is currently in our federal government, piece by piece. Now these 12 individual appropriations bills are important because they put an end to the horrible omnibus bills that are forced on us right right before Christmas, in the middle of the night, 24 hours to vote on it, it's 4,000 pages, spends trillions of dollars. We put a stop to that. And the best part is, my colleagues in the Senate, well, we've empowered the Republicans who are in the minority, because the Senate has to comply with our House rules with legislation. They have to send us single-subject legislation, amendments that are germane. We need 72 hours to read a bill, 12 individual appropriations requests or bills and no omnibus bills. Now, a lot of people thought that this was chaos, that this was dysfunction. I'm a mom of four boys. I know chaos, I know dysfunction. This was anything but that. In fact, this was the most effective I have seen Congress operate since I've been there. We had 434 members of Congress together in the House chambers, something I had not seen before the speakers' race. We were debating the issue at hand. We were engaging in conversation with our colleagues on both sides of the aisle. Relationships were created. Relationships were strengthened. And at the end of this, The Republican Party came out of it more united and stronger than ever. I believe that what we did even empowered Speaker McCarthy to do a fantastic job. And he has every ability to be an amazing speaker because of the concessions that we were able to receive in this. Now, I know we're here to talk about energy, to talk about climate. I'm proud to serve on the Natural Resources Committee, but before I get into that, I do also serve on the Oversight and Accountability Committee. I've left the Budget Committee. And it's amazing to be a part of a committee where we can hold the federal government accountable we were able in the concessions and our speaker's race to even create some select sub uh, t- some select committees like the weaponization of the federal government special select committee this is so important right now because your federal government has been weaponized against you and we have the gavels in the house to have this oversight to issue subpoenas our work It's it's really cut out for us. They don't have the gavel in the Senate. So all of the oversight, all of these investigations, and all of the subpoena power is on our shoulders. And we have a lot to do. There's going to be so much exposure in the next two years. And I don't want any of these committees who are investigating what's going on to be a dog and shony, a pony show like Trey Gowdy and Benghazi. I want true accountability. I want. I want criminal referrals issued and I want people to pay for what they have done to American citizens. Now, this is my second term serving on the Natural Resources Committee. They decided to put uh, sweet little AOC right across the dais from me. So that's gonna be fun. But you know, she should be able to kind of keep it down about her Green New Deal, because that's basically what the Inflation Reduction Act was. I, I was actually wrong telling my constituents this isn't the Inflation Reduction Act, it's the Inflation Expansion Act but it's really the Green New Deal. We have hundreds of billions of dollars going towards Green New Deal subsidies and programs. This is the Green New Deal with a different title. So I'm happy to have these conversations in the committee and actually have real hearings. In the last Congress, we spent two whole days debating Carol Baskin's big cat bill. While energy prices are skyrocketing, electricity rates 13% higher than they were, gas is over 60% higher at the time, record inflation, and we're debating tigers. This is Congress, not Joe Exotic. But the adults are back in charge in the House of Representatives, And in the Natural Resources Committee, we are going after Joe Biden's war on American energy. Now, part of my story, my husband works in the oil and gas industry. He's drilled for natural gas for 20 years now. I worked in the oil and gas industry. I was a pipeliner. I located pipe, I did cathodic protection. Installing anodes, protecting the pipe from corroding, and all of that with a GED. (laughs) The American dream, folks. (laughs) But I understand how great American energy is. I understand how we're the most regulated energy. We have the most regulated energy production in the entire world. Our oil is 42% cleaner than Russia's or natural gas. This is so important for not just our country, but for our allies across the world. If you want to prevent what's happening in Ukraine, we'll allow us to unleash our full energy potential and export freedom across the globe. On day one, Joe Biden, he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, killed thousands of jobs. This would have created 83,000 jobs exporting oil from Canada to the United States. He issued moratoriums. He put bans on fracking. In Colorado, we are feeling this. Everywhere I go, everyone talks about affordable housing. Will the federal government do something about affordable housing? No one can afford to live here and we can't get the jobs that we need and we can't get the work done. We don't have plow drivers for I-70 and we have records amounts of, of crashes every time that it snows because we're supposed to have 11 plows out and we have one. But no one can afford to live here. Can the federal government do something? Yes. Bring the good paying jobs back. Because our communities in Colorado have been regulated into poverty, pushing oil and gas out, closing down our coal plants. Colorado has arguably the cleanest coal in the world. And they are completely attacking it and wanting to subsidize wind and solar to replace it. And it will never produce the amount of energy that our coal does. Good thing Joe Biden says oil has at least 10 years left. It's good news. (laughs) This is an attack on our intelligence. This is an attack on our work, on what we can produce. This is what makes us successful. Our resources that we are able to produce and export, utilize. Joe Biden drained our strategic petroleum reserves in the name of an election, that's an absolute disgrace. But House Republicans are on the ball and we've already passed legislation to to say, no executive can ever drain our strategic petroleum reserves again when there is no emergency. An election is not an emergency. Joe Biden has locked up so much of our land and so much of our country's resources with a stroke of a pen. He couldn't get this passed through Congress. In fact, I was there last year when the Senate couldn't even pass a kidney stone. So Joe Biden gets his stacks of bills, stacks of executive orders, and signs them when he can find his pen. But, It's destroying so much, so many of our capabilities. And this is what the left always does. The left will create a crisis from their bad policies, and then they'll address the symptoms of that crisis at your expense, the taxpayer, and then they claim victory. But it's their policies that are creating all of these crises that we need to address. There are so many reasonable things that we can do when it comes to our energy, when it comes to our environment. None of us want dirty air, polluted air, dirty water. No, we want clean air, clean water, healthy forests. We hear the left clamoring about carbon all the time. Well, in the West, there are six billion standing dead trees. The left won't let us harvest them. They're all creating a massive tinderbox waiting to ignite. In 2020, in my district, which is about half the state of Colorado, we had three of the largest wildfires on record. Now, just one of those catastrophic wildfires emits more carbon emissions in a few short days than every vehicle running in the state of Colorado 24-7 for an entire year. If you're serious about carbon emissions, allow us to manage our forests. Healthy forests means healthy watersheds, So many of us on the West have been impacted by severe drought. Colorado doesn't have a water problem. We have an allocation problem. We have unhealthy forests. We can increase even our watershed. But they want to lock all of it up. I battled Congresswoman Diana DeGette and Congressman Joe DeGoose many times on the House floor in the last Congress for legislation that they've been trying to get passed for 10, 15 years. Joe Goose has the CORE Act, wants to lock up over 500,000 acres in my district, designate it wilderness, so we are unable to manage it. Diana DeGette, same thing. Together, it's about 700,000 acres in my district that they want to lock up, about 1,000 miles of river in my district that they want to designate wild and scenic. Now, how many of you are familiar with the city of Denver? Great, many of you. So in Denver, we have the 16th Street Mall. Diana DeGette represents Denver. If you've been down there, the 16th Street Mall isn't really the safest place. It's not like a double-gated community. But I told her, I said, listen, how about instead of locking up our land in my district and our river, How about you focus on yours before I introduce legislation to designate the 16th Street Mall as wild and scenic? (laughs) It is pretty wild down there. Different type of wilderness. But with all of this said, we want to be good stewards of our land, and we are good stewards of our land. Our farmers, our ranchers who care for the land that they are producing from. They don't want that to be toxic. They don't want that to be unhealthy. They want to provide, provide a good and a service for their neighbors, for our country, for others around the world. And the left has a direct attack on that. In everything that they do, It's backwards, and the American people are suffering because of their policies. Whether it's gas prices being $2.39 on day one of Joe Biden's presidency, presidency, or today the national average being $3.40 a gallon. In my district, people are paying $30 to $40 more per tank, per gas. I had a man who was oddly not a fan because he was wearing a freedom hat. But I tried to talk to him, he recognized me. Nope, nothing to do with me. Saw him in the airport on my way here. I'm like, okay, I get it. But then he came up to me after the flight was over and he said, hey, sorry about that earlier. Can you just do something about the energy prices and the gas prices? working on it buddy (laughs) can you please start voting for different people (laughs) it it threw me off a little you know freedom hat not a mask it was it was just threw me off but even LendingTree I looked this up and LendingTree took a survey and they found that 33% of Americans households in the last year said that said that they had foregone basic expenses just to afford their energy bill. This is not right. It's not necessary and it's by design. It's all of the policies that they have implemented that we are working so hard to fight against and we finally have a leg up in the House. I hope we can get some senators to work with us to pass more legislation out of the Senate Hopefully we could have Biden maybe after a good bowl of applesauce and he'll want to sign these into law feeling kind of frisky But We are laying the groundwork for what we can accomplish with a Senate majority and by taking the White House back we're laying it all out there, saying Republicans do have a plan. In fact, we have about 222 of them on most subjects. But we are working together to show Americans that there is a way forward, that we don't have to live in poverty and lack, that this is the land of the free because of the brave, that we can have a secure border, that we can be a prosperous country, that we can be, once again, energy independent and pursue energy dominance. There's legislation that I have passed, my American Energy Act, and this helps streamline the drilling permit process. Joe Biden canceled permits and leases. In Colorado, they were already doing that at a state level, but we had the federal lands to lean on until Joe Biden showed up. My bill prevents radical judges from allowing their political preferences to interfere interfere in our critical energy infrastructure. These are all common sense approaches. Every time a Democrat speaks up in the House, they wanna say, ah, MAGA Republicans and extremist Republicans and radical Republicans. We just want people to be free, to be able to live their lives and not have overreaching governments stifling everything and choking out all possibilities to live their very best life. I don't think that's very radical. I don't think that's extreme. I think that is the American dream and that is what we continue to fight for each and every day. It's why I leave my four boys and my husband every day to do what I'm doing. I do not want my children to live in a socialist nation. I want them to be able to support their families, to not have government getting in the way of everything. Government is so overgrown. Our agencies are so overgrown that they don't even want congressional oversight. Congress created you. Congress funds you. If Congress can't have oversight, then we got a problem. But also, we did get another little concession called the Holman Rule. And the Holman Rule allows us to go after the should-be term-limited bureaucrats individually and target their salaries. Talk about power of the purse. Can you imagine if we would've had that in place and able to use that when Anthony Fauci was doing what he was doing? The highest paid bureaucrat in our federal government, earning more than the President of the United States, to go in and say, hey buddy, I think it's time for a federal minimum wage for you. But we fought for the ability to do that. So that is something that we can go after. And when these bureaucrats start to see their colleagues being singled out and targeted, well, maybe they'll start shaping up a little bit more. And maybe we should have legislation to term limit bureaucrats. But I want to thank you guys so much. It it truly is such an honor to be here. It It was great to sit and observe Alex Epstein last night. When it comes to energy and energy policy, uh, he's my muse, Um, he truly is an idol. I've read his books, I've had him in committees um, to testify on very important topics. And uh, it's just always encouraging and inspiring to see someone who's so passionate about our country, about energy, uh, about reliable and affordable energy. And I'm so grateful to the Heartland Institute and CFAC for what they've done and put this together and bring all of these great minds together for this event this week to encourage you, to uplift you, to empower you so you can go out and spread all of this. Don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. Don't keep it all inside. Share it with people because they need to know the truth. They are being lied to everywhere they turn. And just as you heard the Senator say, at least half of them are believing it. There has to be truth being spoken. We have to be bold about it. We have the right policies. We have to be the right messengers. We have to carry this out. I'm committed to do that. And I hope that you are as well. I'm I'm more committed to spreading this message than I am to smoking more cigars. (laughs) You know, I was a little nervous. I'm from Colorado. I was like, I don't know what's in that. (laughs) You don't just go and pick up a cigar in Colorado. (laughs) That could be very dangerous, a game you do not want to play. (laughs) But no, I'm so grateful to, to so many of you who are here. Thank you so much for having me to speak. There is hope for our country. I believe that America is resilient and that we will come out of this stronger than how we went in, just like the Republican Party in the Speaker's race. And even though the left looks really unified, it's just because they're not allowed to have independent thought. But thank you all so much, and it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know so many of you, and I do want to just extend, if I may, an invitation. We're, gonna, we're going to have a reception tonight at 6, 5.30? 5.30 to 6.30, and we're in room 1751, and I do want to give a special thank you to Bruce Rosenthal, he's the one who's connected me with this event, so Bruce, you're an amazing, you're such a wonderful advocacy for American energy, and, uh, and, and so I just thank you for your, for your friendship and your support and Priscilla, his lovely girlfriend who is with him. And uh, so you are all welcome to attend our reception if you're free. I'll have my books there, My American Life, and you can learn more about me and uh, we could chat. We might even have some cigars. So praise the Lord. Thank you all so much.